0: Hi everyone! Welcome to Voices in Japan. Your host Ben and Burke, Burke and Ben. On today's show, we have Harry joining us. He's an interpreter for the J1 football club Consadole in Sapporo, Hokkaido. He's uh, he's got a very unique position in that he's not a football player, but he's considered as one of the lads because he's with them all the time and therefore gets to experience what the players do on and off the field. We have a very interesting conversation about main things football, so we hope you enjoy the show. 1, two, three. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Voices in Japan. It's very hot. It's very hot in Sapporo recently. Um with my co-host Burke, say hello, Burke. How's it going, everyone? And we have a special guest today. Our friend Harry, who's been in Sapporo for a, for a while, joining us on the podcast today. Say hello, Harry.
1: Good evening, everybody.
0: And yeah, it's a very hot summer so far, right? Harry, it's
1: been like, too hot, man. crazy too hot. hot. Yeah. yeah.
0: How you been? Uh, how you been dealing with the heat the last Not few very days? very well, mate. <laughs> Every day out
1: on the training pitch from ten o'clock in the morning, peak heat. Yeah, ice baths.
0: Right, yeah. So Harry's uh Harry is a translator, right, for the Consadole Sapporo Japan J League team, J One. J One. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about J One. I like football, but I don't know much about J One. Do you? Do you know much about J One, Burke? Uh,
2: actually, I did try to read up on it a little bit. And so, like, I think it started back in the 90s, the actual J-League, and I think there was a league before that. Uh So, I don't know if that's considered a young league or not, I guess so, but uh professional soccer in Japan
1: was maybe around before that, I guess, right? Yeah, but, they uh, had a pro league, but it didn't really, it wasn't very major until, I think, the 1990s. But the way they made the league was really good because they set it up so a company couldn't own the team and then move it as in you know the franchise model that a lot of american sports teams have and that baseball teams have here they wanted it to be the team connected to the city like it is in europe which i think is a really good idea in hindsight because they build a fan base around the team in the in the city and it's worked
2: and uh Kansadore was not originally a Sapporo team itself, right? I guess it was, uh, where was it? Kawasaki maybe? Or a team down in Honshu. And I guess they moved up to, uh, Sapporo. And this is probably the only other thing I know about Kansadore is that where the name comes from. Ben, do you have any idea where the name comes from?
0: No, I have no idea.
2: (laughs) I know a little bit. I'm sure Harry does. And it's actually uh, a playoff of the word for, uh, people from Hokkaido. Dosanko, it's basically dosanko backwards, kanso do, plus the uh Spanish word ole. So kanso, yeah. For people that don't know, Hokkaido, the last uh, syllable of Hokkaido is do, and so and uh, san means uh to be born or to be made, and ko basically means child. So they call people from Hokkaido dosanko. And, uh, Kanso Dore is, uh, basically that word in reverse. That's, uh, that's about the extent of my knowledge. Bugs done his homework. That's Home good reverse. research, man. Well done. Yeah. I didn't know anything yeah.
0: about that. I just, I went to watch Kanso Dore when I first arrived in Japan about 12 years ago, but they were in J League Two at that point. Yeah. And they were like at the bottom as well. I think yeah. they were like 17th. There's, is there how many teams in J League Two? 18. Yeah. So they were pretty much rock bottom. And I remember watching them. And it was it was terrible. It was like watching you know like England university level at that time. But now they're J one and
1: they're they're pretty good now, right? Yeah, we're we're very good now actually. We, in fact, every year since I came came to the team, they've actually got better year after year. It's been their best season they've ever had. It's because of you, mate. It's because of you. It's not (laughs) a (laughs) coincidence. Yeah, the first season I was there, we were really struggling to stay in the league. And historically, every time we've got promoted. We've got relegated, you know, the very next season. So for us to stay in the league that season was a massive step. So it was really good. And then obviously the following season, we were competing to play in the ACL, the Asian Champions League, which would have been another massive step up. And we only narrowly missed that. So, you know, that was a bit of a pain, but, you know, having another good season again. And hopefully we towards the end of the season, we can put a run together and, and get into that Asian Champions League and step it up again.
0: All right. So, yeah, before we kind of get into it all, um, give us a little background about yourself. How long have you been in Japan?
1: I've been in Japan now for 10 years. This is my 10th year, and I've been in support for the whole time. Yeah. And sorry, for our uh, uh,
2: ignorant uh, American listeners like myself, uh, where are you from exactly? Birmingham. Birmingham. England. Okay. All right. So, and uh, you came over how?
1: Um, I came over for the first time on a working holiday visa when I was twenty and I turned twenty one here. Obviously my working holiday visa expired and I went back to England. I got a job, worked in England and then the whole credit crunch thing happened, the economy collapsed, I got made redundant and I thought I'd try my luck and move back to Japan because I had such a good time here. I'm a working holiday and you know, I've just stayed ever since.
0: what, what was your first job when you first arrived
1: my first job was bartending in a, a bar here in Sapporo it wasn't a popular choice with my wife but <laughs> <laughs> she she was keen for me to teach English but as I explained to her at the time I think short term teaching English is you know better money than working in a bar but my Japanese was never going to get any better working in a bar I was never going to meet and make any connections uh, teaching English so working in a bar was the best choice for me at the time i thought and it kind of paid off i got my first job within the first week of me being here so i was a little bit lucky in in that regard um and yeah i met a lot of good people a lot of interesting people people that i kept in touch with and i think in japan making connections is key it's how you get along here
2: yeah that's actually pretty crazy so you didn't speak any japanese before you came over here or you did speak some or
1: well i met my wife when i was 19 And at the time, she was over in England studying English. So her English was good, but it wasn't fluent. And I kind of just took it upon myself as, you know, just a bit of fun probably at the time. Being a young man, I will just try and, you know, learn a little bit of Japanese and see how it goes. But then I came here on a working holiday, and being only 20, I think when you're young, your brain is kind of a sponge. And back then, I mean, as you guys probably know, there was no real foreign community in Sapporo at the time so all my friends were Japanese I joined a football team because I thought if you join a football team straight away you've got you know 20 friends so I joined a football team and they were all Japanese so I really was immersed and I just really concentrated on speaking and listening not being scared to make mistakes and that's really how I learned I never studied I never went to school and and really you know practice like that
2: yeah so I guess that's pretty good because when you <clears throat> do come over here as an English teacher. You get kind of stuck in that English bubble where you're being forced to speak, uh, to speak English and you had that opportunity to just get immersed on a daily basis and everything. So did you have had no like formal Japanese study, like university or Japanese schools, even no. in Sapporo or anything? No,
1: there, there was part of my redundancy package from the company that I used to work in, work for in England. They gave us money to retrain. And it was something like 500 pounds. It was enough to pay for, I think, two terms in a Japanese school here in Sapporo. And I I enrolled and I went for, I think, a week or two. And it just really, I wasn't, I didn't enjoy school when I was, you know, 15, 16. So being a young man and having done decently in my own country and had a, you know, quite, I had a career going basically before the whole economy collapsed That. I just didn't get on well there and and I just quit. So I mean I had a couple of weeks of school but it really didn't do anything for me at all. It was really working in the bar, you know, trying playing football, getting to know my teammates, going out, drinking and just socializing and and really immersing myself in you know, in the city and with the people here. That's how I learned.
2: And I guess that uh, worked out pretty well for this uh, job you're doing now because if you were just hanging out, uh, playing football that whole time, uh, obviously you were getting used to all the terminology and everything from that early age. So,
1: absolutely, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said for going and studying properly and being taught if you're that way inclined, if that's the best way for you to learn. But for me, you know, I'm a social person. I enjoy interacting. I enjoy speaking. So my motivation wasn't to pass tests or anything like that. It was to go and have a good time and make friends and, you know, be able to get about on my own, you know, my own power here, which a lot of people don't really have the motivation to do. I know a lot of people come here, especially if they're married to a Japanese woman, they kind of let their woman do everything for them, but that was never for me really. And I think, you know, you can only learn so much from a book if you want to really learn how to speak the language, then you have to know how they converse, not just the words they're using, but, you know, the flow of the conversation and everything. And if you're going to work in football or in that kind of environment, you know, you have to know how they get along, what their banter's like. Especially you know?
0: like men's Japanese, right? They have like a different language like compared yeah, to like what that's another thing. you, I mean, you guys must looks. have noticed it too. When, yeah. you,
1: when a, when a uh, foreign guy comes here and he's, he's had a bunch of Japanese girlfriends or a Japanese wife... He speaks Japanese like a girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear it all the yeah. time. Yeah.
0: I kind of speak like a girl. My girlfriend keeps telling me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it happens to me sometimes. I mean, actually, maybe not so much recently. Cause if I did, I know the boys at the club would really, rip the piss out of me. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. yeah. They're pretty brutal and they haven't done that. So maybe I've got over that.
0: So, you, so your job is obviously very unique, like I don't know any other person that does translation for professional football, so how, how did you get into that?
1: Well, it goes back to working in the bar and, and just kind of taking that chance because, you know, I was just working there, you know, day in, day out, to getting to know a lot of people and one particular person came in and he had a lot to do with the club, you know, he, he would sponsor different players and... He knew a bunch of people there. And, you know, he's Japanese, so I used to speak to him in, in Japanese, and he was impressed with my Japanese. And he introduced me to a bunch of the players. So How, how
0: long ago was this? Was this a long time ago?
1: This would be six or seven years ago that I'm, I met him.
2: And, uh, yeah, maybe we sh- can clarify that for some people. Like the professional uh, football teams in Japan... Uh, have some foreign players. Are they brought over here on loan from other teams in Europe? Are they, I guess first things first, how many foreign players
1: are normally on Consolidale's team usually? Historically, there was rules limiting the amount of foreigners. So you could only have, you know, three in your team, but now they've increased that because there's a lot of money coming into the J League now, a lot of sponsorships and teams are beginning to click on to the revenue that they can you know gain from having these foreign players in you look at a team like Kobe now they brought in Iniesta yeah they had Podolsky still there um David Veer's signed there they've got a couple more guys that uh signed from Barcelona Kobe's got all the big names at Kobe their sponsors Rakuten which is Barcelona's sponsor too Mm. so they're connected there well historically there has been always a foreign influence in the teams but Recently, it's really, it's took a step up and the rules have changed. Like I say, so you can have unlimited foreign players in your squad now, but in your match day squad, I think it's five at the moment. Historically, there have been a lot of Brazilians come here. They can get them kind of cheap from the Brazilian league. They come in and do a job and they're gone after a, a season or two. So, so you were
0: saying, um, yeah, you, you met this guy who uh seven years ago about seven years ago yeah six seven
1: years ago and you know he was a good guy i got to meet a a bunch of the players became friendly with them when i decided that i I can't maintain this life of bartending anymore (sighs) and it's you know it's time to knock it down i I had to get a job teaching english really because as you know in this city there's not a lot going for for foreign for foreign people living here. So, I got a job teaching English. I, I knuckled down, but I always maintained contact with you know my friends from the club, and 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 my friend that introduced me to them. And I knew that you know eventually something would come up for me. And when Jay signed, they needed a translator who spoke so Jay, English. Jay, who? Jay Bothroyd, yeah, former QPR, Cardiff, uh, once one-time England international player, good bloke. When when he came, they needed an English speaker, who you know, a translator, and the people that I knew from my time bartending introduced me to him, and one thing led to another, and that's how I got in.
0: So he, was he the first like English player to come to Consadole?
1: To come to Consadole, yeah. yeah. The first player to come, English player to come to the J League was Gary Lineker. Right, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you know Gary Lineker Berg? <laughs> This is all, uh,
2: my, uh, study session here. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, trying my best just to call it, uh, football instead of soccer. Uh, obviously soccer or football in the U.S. is, it's actually starting to pick up now thanks to the fact that a lot of the players from Europe and the U.K. are obviously going now to the, the league in the U.S. But I mean, we have all the other sports teams that kind of things get focused on. So yeah, I'm learning a lot.
0: And and the uh, ladies won the World Cup, Well, not the World Cup? They won something, right? The oh, women's, yeah, p- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of come up as a huge topic, uh, just because they're saying like, and, and
2: it was a, uh, it was a huge uh, event with a lot of people actually paying attention, and they don't usually pay that much attention to the uh, men's sport. So it's a- that actually helped uh, the uh, popularity of the sport. I mean, they are, they've always been pretty well the women's uh, soccer team in the
0: U.S. So. <laughs> So, could you tell us, like, what is your weekly schedule like, or or daily schedule? Maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah, a pretty standard week for us. If we're not playing the cup game, if we're playing the cup, then we're playing midweek, and it it gets you know shifted up a gear. But a normal week when we're playing on the Saturday, so we'll have a Sunday as a recovery after the the game on the Saturday. Monday will be off, and then Tuesday, you know. I'll come in. Whenever the team trains, I'm there. Wherever the players are, I have to be there. You know, whenever the staff have a meeting, I have to be there. So, obviously, I'm at every training session. So, I go in in the morning, be about eight o'clock, jail, you know, have some physiotherapy, have some massage, do a stretching session. So, I'm there with the physio to explain, you know, jail telling my, my back or my hamstring's a bit tight or whatever. And I explain that to the physio. And then... Start training about ten o'clock during the training session. Obviously, anything that any instructions the coaches are giving to Jay or the players, I have to translate that so that he knows what to do. You know, sometimes it's a bit it's a bit complicated when they're doing passing drills and, and whatnot. So you have to be pretty sharp because you know one person speaks, then I have to speak. But you know, some, they expect it to be done like that. So at first, it was quite a a difficult transition. But, you know, as time's gone on and the training sessions are are pretty regimented, we do more or less the same thing day after day. Sometimes the manager will switch it up, but normally it's a similar, a similar training session. You know, the Tuesday is normally more of a physical session, passing, running, just getting the team ready for what's at, what's to come in the week. Wednesday, the manager will step it up a bit or play a game where you'll have, you know, 10 versus 10. So the first team versus the reserves, basically they play that they do different things so you can do free touch and then it'll be you know free touch but you can't do a one two you can't pass it back to the player that they got then it'd be one touch they go through it like that and then the thursday again similar similar thing they'll play a game friday there's a meeting and our manager loves to talk this <laughs> is <laughs> so yeah that's the thing i mean obviously so you've been there now three four years Three years? Three, my third season. That was the
2: third season. So have you obviously seen, like, a huge jump in your Japanese ability because of the fact that you're, like, under this pressure, that type of pressure? To
1: I think depending on on the surroundings, your your Japanese will change. So, I mean, I was confident in my Japanese ability when I started. But I would say, yeah, I've definitely gotten better at interpreting since I started Especially, like I say, with, with meetings and things, you have to be real sharp. And on game day situations when, you know, everybody's fired up and the manager's talking 100 miles an hour and you've got to like, keep up. And it has to be accurate. If I tell him the wrong thing and he's not where he needs to be on a corner kick or something and yeah. we don't score, or even worse, if he's supposed to be on the front post at a corner kick and I haven't explained that to him and they score on front post, that's down to me. So I've got, I've gotten better thinking on my feet and you know, it's started to come more naturally to me.
0: Have you had any like incidents like that where you're maybe in when you first started, your translation wasn't precise enough and someone made a mistake and it was like, Harry,
1: why I didn't say that (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah. That
0: ever happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was instances at the start when I really wasn't used to it when, you know, it's not necessarily fake it till you make it, but sometimes you're kind of like swimming upstream, and you're like oh, that's what I think he said, you know, but you know i i got over that pretty quickly and now it it doesn't it doesn't happen anymore, but definitely at the start, there were some moments when I was like, man should i have did did he say that did I say that right It'll be fine, it'll be all right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean I do uh
2: some interpreting in my job as well and uh these are for business meetings and stuff and kind of put on put on the spot. But in that situation like a business meeting, I can just kind of just cuz my position in the company like I can uh maybe not necessarily just decide what needs to be said, but I can kind of make my own decision about the message that needs to be delivered, but in like a game situation or something,
1: man, and Yeah, you've yeah, got to be kind of unforgivable and quick. And we, we changed managers after my first season. So that was kind of tough as well. When you get used to the flow of one manager and you know, the type of football that he wants to play. So, you know, if he's, you know, spraying magnets all over a whiteboard and he's talking about football, then you've seen it, you know, 10, 12, 20 times before. Then you're like, all right maybe I didn't quite catch what he said but this is what he wants to do because you know the type of football that he wants to play you know his his style when we changed manager it was a completely different style of football so the, the manager we had in our first seasons great manager he's still there as a assistant head coach now but he's very defensive minded and he was always talking about defense 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 the new manager came in and he's renowned for being attack-minded, attack, attack. Everything is about attacking. When he talks about defending, he tells us, while you're defending, think about how we're going to attack when you win the ball. He's always talking about attacking. So there were times at first when, you know, I wasn't really used to the way that he puts his game across to the team. And that's is what you know from what you do interpreting. It's not just about what they say. It's about, you know, how they're saying it. And 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 what they're really, you know, what they're really focusing on. So, all right, he might have said all of this stuff. What the point he's trying to make is this. And until you know the point that he's trying to make, especially with a great guy like this as he is, but he just like to talk into an hour and a half meeting, you have to know what the point he's trying to get to is. So, you know, it it it's a it's a difficult situation. But you know, as you get used to it, same with anything, and you get better at it as time goes on
2: yeah I think that's probably the best advice I ever heard about interpreting. I went to a seminar that was done by a uh long time interpreter for n h k which is the national uh television broadcasting uh uh broadcaster in japan and she always said when you're interpreting the message is always for the listener uh Obviously, the person that's speaking has the point, and you need to get that uh point to the listener, but you should really be thinking about the listener, but just like you say. If the person is getting taking a long time to get to their point then and you're trying to figure out exactly what the point is yeah it helps
1: if if you if you know what they're trying to say if you're used to interpreting for that person then you know the point they're getting at. and it was the same when i do interviews for jay when when i hear the question i've been interpreting now for three seasons with him so before he says anything, I know what he's going to say. So it, it has got easier in time. Like when they ask the question, okay, you know, talk us about your goal. I know he's going to tell, tell them about his goal. And then he's going to say, yeah, but the team did this. And you know, it was a great cross and I'm just trying to work for the team. And I know what the answer is going to be before he says it. So it helps.
2: Yeah. That's the other thing. So you, you I mean, you're not just, uh, translating or interpreting for like, uh, for jay like uh, in practice or in game situations but i mean we see you like uh, on tv also for when he's getting interviewed you're also doing those so you're not just uh you know focused on interpreting things into english for him but you're obviously uh doing his translation uh into japanese and stuff so yeah
1: and that that's that was pretty nerve-wracking too you know so Jay goes out, scores a couple of goals. He's the man of the match. And they put you on a stage in front of twenty thousand people in the dome, and you know, there's a camera in your face and a microphone, and the whole place is silent. <laughs> and you've got to speak in a second language, and you can hear your own voice boom. You know, and you like look over your shoulder, and you're on the massive screen there. It's pretty nerve-wracking at first, but
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you used to that now or is it still something you're getting used to? I guess you're pretty used to it now,
1: but yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the the first time, oh, to be honest, I don't think I was really ready for it, but I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of expected it, but until you do it, you don't know how it's going to feel. So, you know, I, I mean, I got through it, but when I look back at my old interviews that I used to do, I'm not em- embarrassed, embarrassed, but I'm like, man, you know, I'm way better than that. Yeah, now
0: yeah, you see the improvement. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know,
1: I don't get on the stage unless Jay scores goals. So I'm like, come on, so a couple of goals <laughs> in and let me show everyone how good I got. Come on. See, you know, like
0: the the post match interview, like usually, especially like in English Premier League, it's all like, you know, they know exactly what to say. They say the same things all the cliche, you know, phrases. It's all about the team. We won the three points. That's all that matters. Is that the same in J League football as well? Like, because I I remember I, I saw one video of Jay, and he he kind of didn't really do that. He seemed to freestyle a bit and just say what yeah. he actually wanted yeah. to say on his. I, mind. I really
1: wish he would do that. <laughs> Make things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, be more interesting, right? I mean, th- there was one time in particular, and it worked out quite well for me because. Um, we came out of a, a match against FC Tokyo and he scored two goals. And there, it was a, it was, you know, live TV broadcast. You don't know until you stand in front of the, the cameras like how bright those lights are. Like I was like, oh man. And the guys behind the camera and, and Jay, Jay talks and he, he gives lung answers. So by the time it comes to me, the guy behind the camera is like, <laughs> 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 and Jay said one phrase, he said, um, Oh, yeah, I'm like a good red wine. I get better with age. <laughs> and That's pretty good. <laughs> spinning, and my yeah. cugs are spinning in my head. I got to put this into Japanese now. But I, you know, I did it. And then it was on the news the next day. Oh, this was like, you know, an, a, a great quote. Because Japanese people, I think they don't really use these kind of metaphors and sayings. They're not really that elaborate when they talk like that, especially sports people are kind of bland, like you say. It's very cliche. But so, that was So you know,
0: Jay's actually quite good at when it comes to post-match interviews he's actually quite creative and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he he mentioned i remember one he mentioned like yeah the boys gonna have a good time in susquino or something yeah that that was a
1: couple of weeks ago uh yeah he had a good game and uh he scored a couple of goals and he said yeah and the boys are going let's all go out and uh, have a good time in susquino like man, can i say that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah But yeah you know, i just say it <laughs> and, it's one of them, and, and you say it and you wait for the reaction and you're like you know if i've done well they'll all laugh and go, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it's like that's you know split second before they reacted was so long and i got the right reaction I was like, <laughs> <laughs> thank god for that yeah
2: as the interpreter for him uh outside of just training and matches and everything like uh how much you expected to do i mean are you helping him for his daily life in japan as well everything everything Everything.
1: yeah i mean that's one one thing that probably people that, that watch the j league you know they know that their interpreters are there because they see them doing the interviews they hear them they see them on the training pitch but they don't see everything else you know these guys they come here and, you know, a lot of times they're, they're stars in their own country. They don't have to do anything for themselves, even in their own country. And they come here, you know, they, they don't really know what to expect. So he's they, not, he's not like studying Japanese more. or anything, right? He just no, relies. No, pretty people pretty ask much on him, you. do you want to, you know, study Japanese? He's like, no, I don't need to. I've got Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably
2: learning some of the important stuff to enjoy the city life and everything, but uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 He, he, he gets by when he has to. He doesn't know his address yet. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: So like on on nights out, like do you always after a game is like a night out? Like at the end of a game these days? Because yeah. I, I heard like in the I Premier mean, League, it's not really like after a night or like a Saturday night game. They don't really go out. They usually kind of go out like midweek. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't yeah. I've heard some stories. Where <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 enjoy themselves too. These these guys they work hard every day, and it's one of these misconceptions that I think fans have that. They all they do is go and play football for two hours in the morning, and that's it. Then they're they're done. They don't have to do anything else. It's an easy life and everything. They do have a good life. There's no doubt about it. But they are really serious about their jobs, and it does take a toll on their body. And you and you see that. I mean, I've been to all current times of different doctors and and things with Jay, and he, he broke his nose in pre season, and they they had to reset it without any anaesthetic. Problem with his toe that he's had since he was in Cardiff and he has, he has had to have injections in his, in his toe because of the pain. But he'll just do that at half time because, you know, these players are committed to winning games. They want to win. They have this will to win and they take it really seriously. So, you know, if they go out after the game, I don't think anyone can, can knock them for that. You know, it's not, it's not an easy life being a footballer. It's a good life. You know, they don't have to be at work from nine to five, nine to six every day. But it does take their toll. it's tough and they do have to be disciplined every single day.
0: So do they train like when it's the training session? They're training hard. It's not oh, like yeah. hard, just hard. kicking around with your mates yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: that was another surprise to me. Cause I've, I've been watching football, you know, my whole life since I was, you a tiny little kid. When I, I was like three or four. I go and watch Birmingham City with my dad. The old cliche: he'll pick you up and you know put you over the turnstiles so you don't have to pay kind of Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, standing on the terraces there is a small boy. So I've grown up with football and I didn't realise, you know, even after watching it for all those years, how intense the training was. These guys, you know, they go for it in training and, and, you, and you see players with black eyes. And, and when you're standing, you know, on pitch level with them, you know, they're as far away from me as I am to you. You know, when they hit each other, it's hard. Wow. It's, you know, so they're, they, it's they're going full on. Yeah, yeah. You know? so even yeah.
0: like injuries happen during training as well. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. You
1: see people come up, you know, they not pull a hamstring or yeah, this does happen.
2: Are the guys in, in the J league? I mean, are they taken, uh, pretty good care of in terms of, uh, just facilities and are there team doctors and stuff? Or are they going to like, uh, hospitals around the city and
1: everything or how yeah, does that work? They, they get, they get the best treatment because you know, at the end of the day, these these are assets for their club and and sometimes the country. We've got players that play for the national team, so you know they're they're important. You know they're 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 role models and you know like figures for the city and and for the country. even they get they get really you know really good really well looked after. We've got a good medical team at 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 our, at our club, and when when they do get injured, I've seen it firsthand. They they have the you know the, their room that they stay in in the, in the hospital is like a hotel room. You know, it's great there. They, they get seen straight away by you know, the best doctor in the city. And, uh, I'm sure they're
2: getting recognized a lot because they're professional sports, but this has, uh, actually brought some benefits for you too as well. I guess, uh, being a part of the, of the team and everything. I mean, obviously you're getting recognized on TV and everything. So is, uh, are, are you, I mean, is that some, did, was that part of it, a little bit of an adjustment for you too? Or are you just enjoying that or how is that going?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, when I first started, I definitely noticed it. Like, I would come in, I'd come into town and someone would say, Harry, and, you know, normally before I started this job, it's someone that I've maybe met a couple of times and couldn't remember. So I'd be like, oh, it's actually pretty. Blah, blah, blah. I can't do that now. I can't pretend that I know them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just know me from, from work. So yeah, it took a bit of, uh, of getting used to Now, you know, I just say, oh, you know, thanks for your support and everything. But yeah, I, I do get noticed every now and then, but the, the fan, the fans of our club are really good. They, you know, we we went to the beer garden with the, with the team, and we had you know we had a couple of beers because we had a week off, and no one really bothered us there, so it was good. But there, yeah, there are definite you know perks that come with being in a in a professional sports team. So yeah, I don't mean, I do enjoy them. There's a local a local uh, fashion designer here who you know contacted me and said, i you know, make a couple of Instagram posts, and I'll give you some t-shirts <laughs> and this kind of thing." So this is you know it was good. I enjoyed it and. Whatever I can do for a local business here, obviously I will because, you know, I like to see pe- pe- the people of support I do well. Do they, um,
0: like, you know, back in England, there's a lot of like paparazzi and stuff. Is that similar here as well? No, or quite not the really?
1: opposite. There, there's, um, no, no real paparazzi. So they can courtiers. just like walk around town and, yeah, they and can, they'll be all they, right. They'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, the only, the only problem, I suppose. That, that, that nearly did happen actually. I mean, obviously I can't say names, but there was a player, a few too many and, and he was looking a little bit worse for him. Someone was trying to take video of him and I had to say, Hey mate, <laughs> 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 let me see your phone and did you record that? And he's like, all right, delete that one and shake hands <laughs> and see oh, so you later. So kind of you're kind of like looking out for the players too. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it's they don't, really... they don't have like security around them. No, and stuff, no, no, know, no, when they go no, no, but you know, the only, Sometimes you'll get somebody like that. I mean, that's only one instance I've had. I think in in England, it would be way worse, but there's no real paparazzi here. And the, the journalists and the media that are embedded with our team almost, you know, kind of look out for the team. They, if sometimes, you know, in an interview, if a player says something that, that might be a little bit frowned upon in England the the journalists rubbing their hands like oh yeah, yeah, this jump is, on it. yeah this is great a little bit of scandal but here it's the opposite they'll be like yeah I don't think I should write that and they'll just leave it out wow
0: that's yeah. awesome so they get treated really well out here yeah, yeah they do I think it's, like definitely, it's a
1: it's a great place to come and play football if you're a foreign player yeah are there uh, other things
2: like that that you notice as like this is very uh like japanese or like this is the line this is much different than how this would be like uh if this if these players were were overseas or if yeah. this team was overseas are, are there a lot of things like that or yeah
1: i mean i see it for myself and i hear it a lot from from jay and as a players that i speak to here and and people that have come to watch us training you know, coaches from abroad that have come and i speak to them as well and one of the main differences is you know in, in japan you can't Throw your hands up and go, God, like, what are you doing? Come on. You can't really like get, get angry and, and, you know, get in each other's faces like that. But in, in, in England, that's fine. You know, that's normal in football. Everybody, everybody, you know, shouting and, you know, there's a lot of aggression. It's a man's world. But here the, the culture of, of being polite and being respectful carries over in, into their sport and, you know, Jay spoke about it a lot. When you know, it's it's a it's a great part of their culture. I don't know. Having lived here for ten years, I appreciate how you know, kind of dignified people here are. They don't get in into big arguments. You know, they'll they'll speak their mind, but they won't explode. But sometimes in in sport, I think maybe forget all of that when you go onto the pitch and you know, go a little bit nuts because it, it you know it might help. But I think that's that's one that's one aspect of of sport that you know it might benefit them if they would if they were to to change and and be a little bit more aggressive like that
2: yeah are like uh, the players well the japanese players i guess are they are there like prima donnas in the league or kind of people who are kind of think they're the best i i would imagine like you know obviously uh, american pro sports players in a lot of sense Some of them are control the team. Uh, They're the most important thing on the team. And uh, I'm just kind of wondering, like, uh, for a Japanese sports team, is it still very much like, is there a hierarchy? Uh, You know, is it still like the people in the front office are going to be controlling everything and the Japanese players have to listen to them? Or do they have more freedom because of their uh
1: power that they might wield in terms of their importance for the team and stuff or? i think that's another big difference in japan as opposed to in europe where in europe player power is you know some people might say it's out of control you know they can have a manager sacked yeah, because sure. they they make more money they're the stars you know they're, they're the ones performing on the pitch but in japan that's it hasn't reached that point yet and it's still, you know, amongst the players, there is still very much an age based hierarchy, you know, senpai, kohai. This definitely does exist. And, and that kind of structure, I, I think, you know, is from what I've seen, it works in this environment. And, you know, it, it obviously does because it's worked in, in many environments over Japan for centuries, but you know, there's things in sport that might not transfer over so well. But I think, you know, that, that is, is a good aspect as long as you've got, Good senior players in the team that will look out for the youngsters and, and don't abuse that kind of senpai position.
2: How about, uh, how about Jay? Was that something new for him or is he kind of expected to fall in that too? Or does he get, uh, special treatment as a foreign player on the team and stuff or?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was going to go on to say that in, in, in England's players can get away with being a, you know, a prima donna with, you know, you know, If, if, you know, it happens all the time in England, if something doesn't go their way, they throw their toys out the pram, they speak to the media, they'll shout at the coach. You know, Jay's told me stories from his days uh, playing in England when managers have had fights with players and then they come in the next day and they're fine. That wouldn't, you know, that would never fly in Japan. Players, you know, they, they would never get away with that kind of thing here. Like I said, it's very, respect you know respect based as you would expect in 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 the culture that we live in here so this doesn't really happen because they know they wouldn't get away with it
0: what about like in the in the changing room because you know obviously the changing room is a very intimate area where people kind of you know there's usually a lot of banter you know is it quite similar in in the japanese Football change room as well. Like, is that is yeah. the, is the captain kind of leading the way, and you know they all follow him and whatever he says kind of goes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Our captain Hiroki's he's a great guy. He's not really you know the rah rah let's go. You know he's not really that type of player, but he does lead very much by example. He's a reserved guy, but you know he's got a sense of humour as well and i think if you're going to be a professional footballer if you're going to work in a professional football team or any sports team at that kind of level really you need a sense of humor because it's so intense you know game days and and training sessions are so intense that when you get off the pitch you really do need that banter in the dressing room and it, you know it definitely is there in japan and i think that's one you know part of the interpreter role that is key is is helping a player mingle with his teammates you know, not just doing his interviews and, and, and expressing what the coach wants in training, but you know, to try and build a relationship with his teammates is 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 key, I think.
0: So you're you're kind of a bridge between like Jay and his teammates as well. Like do you help out yeah. with
1: stuff interpreter, like that? you know, from my experience is kind of a unique position really because oh, yeah, yeah. you have the players and the staff and so there's a definite gap there, you know. The players have to listen to what the staff say and there's some things that they will never talk about in front of the staff and vice versa but as an interpreter you're in all the staff meetings and you're in the dressing room with the players you're you know anything that jay says i say and anything he hears i have you know he's hearing it through me so you know we kind of hear everything and you know it's, it's, it's pretty interesting but there's a level of trust there as well. So yeah,
0: obviously there's some things you can't say to certain people. Right? Yeah, like yeah. The, the staff, for yeah. example. Like it's, the players say something, yeah. you yeah. know what they say. You know what the staff say, and you can't tell either side. You gotta. Yeah, you gotta lose, choose your use choose a, your battles, right? Di- <laughs> yeah, yeah, use
1: a lot of discretion, and you know, some sometimes someone will say something. I think, yeah, he's, he's probably not going to take that too well. So I just rearrange it a little bit and, and vice versa Man, too. Yeah. Because of the culture gap, I think, you probably don't want to say that to him right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah he use a lot of discretion as well. So like in,
0: in the team, uh, who would you say are like the the jokers of the team?
1: Uh, we've got a player called uh, Takuma Arano. And he came through the, the youth ranks in, in Considore and he's a midfielder. He's a funny guy and he's definitely, he leads the banter in the dressing room. And a player that only joined this season, actually, Musashi, who's just this season been called up to the international team as well. And he's, he's, he's good for some jokes as well. You know, they lead the banter. There's some practical jokes that go on and, and, and they're good. Yeah.
0: Any, um, any like tough guys? Who like the, the, the tough players? It's always tough usually players. like the centre the centre backs, right? Is yeah, it, we've is got a centre
1: back called Kim Min Korean, yeah. and he's a real hard case. Uh, I've seen a couple of instances on the training pitch where you know he's collided with Jay. Or he, there was a player that was at our team last season called Tokura, who moved to Sereza Ota- uh, Osaka. And yeah, whoever's whoever's playing striker against him in training isn't going to have a nice time. He's a real tough guy. And, <laughs> Well, it's
0: about that time to wrap up the show. There were a lot more things that we wanted to talk about, Harry, so we've actually made a part two of the show. So tune in next time to catch that, where we talk more about football and also some of Harry's other exploits outside of football, which includes his foray into mixed martial arts and boxing in Japan. Yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And also, if you'd like to support us, uh, yeah, why don't you make a donation? You can find the link on the description page in the notes section. Any email would be really helpful and would go towards uh, running costs and would be really appreciated. Also, find us on Instagram facebook and twitter and you can email us on voicesinjapan in japan at gmail.com all right catch you next time